One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Helen Teffer. And I'm Sarah Ellis. And this is the Squiggly Careers podcast, where each week we talk about the ups and downs and ins and outs of our squiggly careers and hopefully give you some helpful things to help you navigate it and lots of ideas for action that you can take away after listening. And today we are going to be talking about how to own your reputation at work. It is a topic that Sarah and I, have, we've written about three different formats for this conversation today, everyone, because we're trying to make it as practical as possible. But reputation is a really, really big topic. And I've managed to make us have a matrix. I feel like we've we've been missing a matrix on the podcast for a little while, Sarah. And today is a matrix moment. Brilliant. (laughs) I think we could have kept talking about this for even longer. So it's a good one, hopefully, to get you started and to really think about the actions that you can take to build your reputation. And we were reflecting on why does reputation matter in the work that we do and in the careers and where our careers could take us. I think it's really important if you know what you want to build your reputation for and that intent is consistent with the impact that you're having you are much more likely for yourself, I think, to spot opportunities to do more of the work that you want to do, but also to be spotted for work and for possibilities and opportunities. And I think because you never now know in squiggly careers where your career could take you, Helen described this to me and it really made sense in my mind as sort of like your reputation ripples. So once you know what you want to build your reputation for, if you can create as many reputation ripples as possible, you just stand more of a chance, I think, of doing interesting work that feels really meaningful. It's interesting. I was at a party last night. <laughs> so we were, we're recording early in the morning now. I was at a party last night where I met lots of people that I wasn't aware of, but they were aware of me because my reputation ripples, I think, had gone quite far in mm-hmm. the work that we do. And there was quite a lot of consistency in what I was known for in that particular room. And so for me, that's quite a signal of the ripples are going quite far and they're quite consistent in terms of the reputation. I think you can't underestimate how powerful advocacy from other people can be in your careers certainly it's had a really positive impact on me I know there are things I wouldn't have got involved in projects roles opportunities that wouldn't have come my way if it wasn't for some of the advocates that I've had and also let's be honest it's way better if someone else says that you're really brilliant rather than you having to say that you're really brilliant Um, and I think just other people that whole what other people say about you when you're not in the room is just really useful to make sure that you know what that is and is that what you want it to be. There's some of the dots I think we're trying to connect today is that sort of what you want to stand for and then what you're you're actually standing for, answering some of those what are quite big questions and then figuring out how can you do an even better job of that. So what is reputation in the context of your career and you at work? We got to sort of three versions and you can pick the one that's your favourite. One, what you are known for. Two, what people say about you when you're not in the room. 
And also somebody always used to say to me, and that it's always stuck as a way of describing your reputation, is like it's the shadow that you cast. Mm. And I think you want that to be consistent with what you want to stand for, what you want to be known for, and then what you're actually known for, what all those people are saying about you. You want to, those things to be the same. You don't want to think, well, I want to be incredible problem solver and that's what I want to build my reputation for and then everybody's off talking about you being the best organizer in the world so the way that we've structured the podcast is we've got a matrix which will help you to assess your reputation today based on two dimensions what you say about yourself and whether you say that with clarity and confidence and also the work that you do whether the work that you do is consistent with what you want to be known for and you have credibility for it so we'll talk that through in a second but where you sort of plot yourself on the matrix will then result in some of the actions that we're going to talk about that you can take away from today so that you can really take control of what you want to be known for essentially we appreciate that sometimes talking about a matrix on a podcast isn't the easiest thing to do. So we've also visualised this in the pod sheet and you can get the pod sheet by going to the link in the description of this episode or just by going to amazingif.com and then on the podcast page, you'll find it there. And if you can't find it, if you're like, where is this pod sheet that they're talking about? Just email us at Helen and Sarah at squigglycareers.com and we will send you the link. But this is probably one that would be a really good one to download that pod sheet and do alongside whilst you're listening. So let's talk about this matrix then. So two dimensions, say and do. So imagine say to begin with, you could be high say. So that means you are talking about what you want to be known for with clarity and confidence. So that might sound like me saying, I want to be known for being a careers expert. Or actually, if you're not very clear or confident in talking about what you want to be known for, you'd be on a, a low say level. And then there's the do dimension. So you'd be high on the do dimension if the work that you're doing was consistent and you had credibility with what you wanted to be known for. So, for example, how much of my time am I spending really building a reputation about being a careers expert? How much am I known for that? That would be high do. And low do would be actually not a lot of my time is going into building a reputation for that thing. So maybe there's something that I really want to be known for, but the job that I'm doing today or the way that I'm working today isn't really consistent with that. Just as an example to bring that to life, I would say when I was working at Virgin and Sarah and I had started the side project that's now our job, I wanted to be known for being a career development expert. I don't think I was that confident in talking about it. So on a scale of like one to 10, I'd probably say I was about five. Like I, I knew what I wanted to be known for, but I don't think I was confident enough to say it out loud in the way that I can say it now. And actually, I'd probably be quite low on the do because most of my working day was spent doing marketing, which I enjoyed doing, but it was really only in my side project that I was spending time slowly building that reputation so think about where you sit on that so imagine the matrix you've got high and low say and high and low do now depending on where you put yourself you're in kind of one of four categories so I'll tell you what the categories are and then we are going to talk them through with some ideas for action for you so let's imagine you are in low say, so you're not clear, you're not confident about what you want to be known for, and you're also in low do. You're kind of doing lots of different things and no particular reputation is standing out. That territory is for you to explore the unknown. You've got a bit of work to do, but actually quite a lot of opportunity in terms of what that could look like if you're in there. So we'll talk about the actions that you could take. Let's imagine now you're high say, so you're clear and confident about what you want to be known for, but actually the work that you're doing today doesn't really align with it. So you're high say, low do. That's like the example I just talked about when I was at Virgin. 
the action for us to take there and we'll talk it through, but this is all about reducing the inconsistency. The other quadrant is when you're high do, so you're doing a lot that is sort of building a reputation, but maybe you're low say, so you're not very confident in talking about it. What we need to help you to do there is to speak up because the work that you're doing is speaking for you, but you're not representing yourself with confidence. So we'll talk about how you can speak up if you sit in that area. And the last one is a really strong place to be in. So it's when you're clear and confident about what you want to be known for. So you've got high say, and actually a lot of your work aligns with that, your high do. What we want you to do there is you will definitely be building a reputation for what you want to be known for, but we want you to go even further. And so that quadrant is all about how you can continually invest in that area and get others to advocate for you. So what Helen has just described will help you to think about where do you think you sit on the matrix at the moment? So where do you think you are in terms of your reputation? But reputation really is about where other people see you. So it is really important to try and get that feedback in terms of where are you today? So for example, let's say I want to be known as somebody who creates ideas and makes change happen. Then I think it's really useful to go and ask a range of different people, perhaps people you've worked with before, maybe your manager, some peers, people you don't know as well in the organisation, but you feel okay asking for feedback. A couple of questions that help you to figure out where they might plot you on this matrix. Obviously, if you know someone really well, and maybe you both listen to the podcast, perhaps they can just look at the matrix and tell you. But if Helen was my manager, I might say to Helen, one of the things I'm really trying to build my reputation for at the moment is creating new ideas that deliver really positive change. How much do you see me doing work that's consistent with that? Maybe you give people a scale of one to 10. I think that can be helpful just to see if you think you're an eight and somebody says you're a five, that's quite helpful to understand. And maybe sticking with that scale of one to 10, how much do you hear me talking about that as something I want to be known for? So that really gets us to that first question, that how much do you see me doing work that's consistent gets you to the do? And how much do you hear me talking about that as something I want to be known for helps you get an indication of the say. And it's not an exact science, but it does just help you to think about where do you think you are? And does that match with where other people think you are? Because then as we start to get into the ideas for action, if you put all of your ideas for action and all of your emphasis on one part of the matrix, and that's actually not where other people see you, you could be putting your energy and effort in the wrong place. Now, one slight caveat to this is that I appreciate those examples I just gave is hard to do if you don't know what you want to stand for yet. So I just said, you know, I want to be known for developing ideas and creating change. You've got to know the start of that sentence to be able to ask those questions. So you might be listening to this at the moment and thinking, well, I feel like I can't even go and get that feedback yet because I don't know what I don't know. I'm not sure what I want to stand for. And that's absolutely fine as well, because when we talk about exploring the unknown, that will help you get to some of those thoughts or some of those ideas that you want to explore further. That works really well if you've already got an indication or bit of an inclination for what you do want to stand for. But please don't worry if you feel you're not quite ready to ask those questions yet. That might be something you come back to in three months time or in six months time. Okay, so we are going to start with the exploring the unknown one. So this is, imagine the matrix in front of you, this is sort of bottom left box. And this one is where you've got low do, so you've got kind of low consistency in what you're doing, and you've got low say, you've kind of got low confidence in talking about what you want to be known for. It's not a bad place to be, it just means we've got a bit of work to do. 
So the first question to ask yourself if this is where you think you are is what do I want to be someone's go-to person for? And as Sarah said, you might be able to name that really quickly or you might not, but you do need to spend a bit of time thinking about it because if you don't know what you want to be known for, if you don't know what you want to be someone's go-to person for, it's very hard for you to consistently build a reputation around anything. So think about that. Give that question some time. Don't worry if you can't answer it straight away. But what might help you as an idea for action is to get a bit of reputation inspiration. So think about whose reputation do I admire? Now, that could be someone that you work with or someone who works in your organisation, or it could be someone that you don't know. It might be someone that you, I don't know, you follow out and admire on social media or somebody that has been introduced to you in the past. Like It doesn't have to be somebody who's in your direct career community. But when you know that person whose reputation you admire think about why does their reputation resonate with you? So I was talking to um, Sarah about Pip Jameson. I think I really admire her reputation. She founded an organisation called The Dots. She's a female tech founder. She has got investment. So there's lots of things that I look at when I look at Pip and think, wow, I really admire what you're doing and how you're doing it. And if I was to go into the why, I think it is because she is authentic. I think she is pushing the boundaries. I think she's unconventional and she's fun with it. I think for me, she's making serious change, but doing it as a fun person. And that's what I really admire. And then the next question is to think about how could what they do well work for you? And for me, I look at what Pip's doing in terms of technology and that change that she's making and think about, well, how could I be somebody who is making a serious change, but do it in a fun and engaging way? That I suddenly want to hold that as part of my my reputation. And you can get to something that feels a bit more distinct, a bit more different when you start to look at other people and think how you could apply that to what you might want to be known for too. I think the other point here, when I was reflecting on this in my career so far, you can build a reputation in one thing and you can change your mind. You can reserve the right to change your mind or you can reshape that reputation as you go through your career. In fact, I imagine that's what most of us do. In our squiggly careers, it's pretty rare that you build a reputation for one thing and that stays still and stays the same. So for me, earlier in my career, I really remember a moment of seeing someone on stage who I didn't know and just thought, wow, they have such a big impact, such a brilliant impact on me. And they were so down to earth. So back to your point, Helen, about why did they have such a big impact on me? What's really interesting is it wasn't because they were so much of an expert or, oh, wow, I was like, oh, amazing. They're standing on a big stage. I just remember thinking, oh, they're really normal and they're really brilliant at the same time. And that's possible. It's possible to kind of be both of those things. And I think at that point in my career, I'd got quite a lot of a veneer that I was putting on every day when I was going to work in terms of what I thought I should be, what I thought I should look like, how I thought I should act. And to see someone being so clearly just themselves and being in a very, very senior role, I was like, oh, okay, it helped me to sort of reimagine what my reputation might be. And also to claim for yourself what makes you distinctive. So I think almost to that point, I hadn't really built a reputation because I wasn't sure whether some of the things that made me distinctive were like the right things. I was like, oh, but, you know, I've got to try and be more grown up than Mm. I actually am in real life. Or to your point about is it okay to have fun or to be personable or be quite down to earth? And I think seeing that person that day just helped me to get a bit more clarity on, okay, so I can still have aspirations to go into really senior roles 
and build reputations for ideas and creativity, but that doesn't mean losing my personality. And so I think if you're in exploring the unknown, don't feel like you have to move too quickly to any other part of the matrix. I think I enjoyed exploring what I was going to build my reputation for in quite a conscious way for like for two or three years. That was a discovery process for getting inspiration from other people and then thinking it's not about comparison. Like, what does this mean for me? What does this mean in terms of what I want to stand for in my career? And I was just thinking as you were talking about the increasing career pivots and almost like every time you make a pivot, so you go, you know, maybe you're going into a completely different career or you're pivoting into a different organisation or industry. I think it's almost good to go back to this point in the in the matrix and think, well, what do I want to be known for now? And how could I do that? And who do I admire in this area? All those sorts of things like take yourself back. This is quite a dynamic thing in a squiggly career, how you rebuild your reputation. And if you want to see that in action, I was rereading my LinkedIn recommendations. And I think you can spot the point where I started to reshape my reputation away from marketing and working in really large organisations to being someone who had the aspiration to be a career expert and who was running their own business. And I think you just, you start to read those recommendations and they can see they just start to tweet, <laughs> they, you just start to see them. But there's also some consistencies, which we'll talk about. It is just quite interesting to sort of spot and notice those moments where you are doing a bit of reshaping and know that that's really possible. So let's move to another part of our matrix now. We're going to go to the top left box of it. So this is where you're clear and confident about what you want to be known for. So you can say it out loud, but actually maybe the work that you're doing isn't consistent with that every day. Maybe this is where you're trying to make a bit of a shift. You've got that intention and you can talk to other people about it, but actually the reality of your day-to-day work doesn't quite align with it. A really good question here to ask yourself is how much of your week are you spending on work that doesn't help to build your reputation? Again, that might not be bad work, but it might not be the work that you want to do as you're really focusing on building this reputation for the thing you want to be known for. And the idea for action here is to start to realign your time. And I think it is important to note that this also takes a bit of time. This doesn't, you don't put yourself in that Mm -hmm. box and go, right, tomorrow I'm going to do a completely different job in a completely different way and I've completely changed my reputation. It does take a little while to reduce that inconsistency, but it can be something that you can take control of. So some of the ways that you can do this are job crafting. So think about the job that you do today and how in the team or in the job that you're in, how you could be doing more of that thing that you want to be known for. So Sarah mentioned ideas, for example. Let's say that wasn't what she was known for today. There was a bit of inconsistency. Maybe she could look at, oh, what projects could I start? And how could I be involved in the kickoff of projects when my idea strengths would really stand out, for example? Talk about that with your manager. And when you're talking about it, make sure you talk about what the benefit could be for them. So rather than just being about you and your career and what you want to be known for, think about how that could create value for your manager for your colleagues, for the other stakeholders in the business. Also think about what you might be able to do outside of work as well. Your reputation is more than just your role. What we want this to do is be consistent in all the places that you are. So if you volunteer or if you have a side project or maybe you're involved in some communities around your career, think about how you could make that reputation stand out in those different places with those different people as well. Again, volunteer, put yourself forward. You might need to put a bit of extra effort in here to find some new opportunities for you to use that thing that you want to be known for. 
And in order to make time for the thing that's going to build your reputation, you might have to let something else go that's not. So as part of this realignment is both finding new things, but maybe letting some of the old things go. Now that probably is something that needs to be done in your business. It's probably why you're doing it in the first place. And so it can be really useful to find somebody else who actually doing the thing that you're doing today might help them to build their reputation. I'll give you an example. When I was at Microsoft, somehow, I don't really know how, but I ended up getting involved in events because I think people were like, Helen moves things forward fast and could fix things and do things. And I became a bit of a go-to person when a big event needed to be sorted because someone senior was coming to the UK. And that really wasn't what I wanted to be known for. I could do that and I could work on it and I could manage the stakeholders, but it wasn't really the thing that I wanted to be known for. And spending my time on that was sort of inconsistent with the reputation I wanted to be building as a careers expert and a leader and a manager who helped other people be at their best. And so one of the things that I did was I started to A, think about, well, how can I shine more of a spotlight on what I want to be known for but how could I find an opportunity for somebody else to do this thing that I need to stop doing and so there were other people that would really benefit from spending time doing that event organizing activity for example it'd be good for their career it'd be good for their connections and almost I had to make that transition and trade for me to spend more time doing the things that would help me I also had to think well who can do this thing that ultimately helps the business so you just need to manage that you can't I don't think you can just drop things that you don't want to do because I think that could affect your reputation in other ways. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Okay, so now we're in the bottom right of the matrix. I hope you're all with us. <laughs> I've got absolutely no idea whether I could listen to a podcast about a matrix and follow, but hopefully it's making sense, even if you can't quite visualise the matrix. And we're now in high do, low say. So this is you are doing lots of the right things, taking lots of the right actions. You're behaving in a way that builds your reputation on that thing that you want to be known for but you don't feel very confident talking about it. You don't feel confident saying it out loud. So this is all about speaking up. And a good question to ask yourself here is, what scares you about speaking up? It's useful here to get to, well, what are our fears? What's holding you back? Is it, you actually feel really confident what you want to be known for. You've just got to find a way of doing it that feels authentic to you, that doesn't feel fake. I think there's a lot of nervousness around not wanting to feel fake or inauthentic, 
or perhaps there's a worry about, well, I don't want to be seen as arrogant or egotistical. Honestly, those people who always think that are like the least arrogant people, I promise you, if that's what's going through your head, I always think they're not the people that we need to worry about. So maybe it's kind of a bit about ego. Maybe it's even about when would I do this and kind of how would I do this? So maybe it's a practical thing. Maybe it's a mindset thing. But just figure out what your fears are because that might help you a bit with the actions that you need to take. So the first thing here that can be helpful, the idea for action, is just to write down your speak up statement. You've not got to share this with anyone. This doesn't necessarily have to go anywhere, but it's to help you to have that clarity and confidence with what is it you want to say? What does it sound like? So you've at least got that as a starting point. So some exercises that might help you to do this, and you can do all of these or just pick one of them. So you could do, well, what would you say in a tweet? which I think is now 240 characters. Is that right? I don't know. (laughs) A short sentence (laughs) slash tweet. Um, I feel like that used to be quite a good way of describing things, but now that they've changed stuff, we obviously don't know the rules enough. But a short sentence. Maybe have a go at what would one sentence, three sentences and five sentences say. So just to challenge yourself for having different constraints and see where you go. Sometimes when you write a bit more, you might realise your fifth sentence is actually the most important one. Sometimes having the constraint of just one sentence is useful. What would this sound like in third person? Now, we both had a go at this almost automatically without realising we were doing it, which again, I think is that point about sometimes saying, I want to be known for being an expert in career development, just sounds a bit strange, just doesn't sound like something we'd ever say out loud. Whereas if we say, well, one of the things that Sarah is great at is she is a really credible career development expert. And somehow by taking yourself out of the equation, it might help you to get to what you want those words to sound like and what are those things are that you want to say. And again, no one's ever seeing this. You're not going to worry about that. If you were in an interview, maybe thinking about if somebody asked you the question, what's the most important thing that you want to spend your time on? Or where do you have the most positive impact? Just thinking about almost the sorts of reputation style questions you might get asked. And what do you want to say in return? And was like, what do you want to be true when you get asked those kinds of questions? So that really is about having a play, no pressure, nobody really seeing those things. And Helen and I had a little go, because I've never really written a speak-up statement. I think I've thought about this, but lots of it has stayed in my head. So um, Helen, where did you get to first? And I'll share mine. I got to, I'd like to be able to say clearly and confidently, Helen is a catalyst that makes good things happen, was one of the things that I wrote down. And then the other one that I wrote down was, Helen empowers and energises people to be at their best. And I think you know if this is right for you, if when you say it, it feels really good. Like I say that and I think, yes, that is totally what I want to be known for. I would love it if that was what I was building my reputation around. I think you can almost feel this in yourself that it's something you kind of want to own and identify with. What about you? I got to creating new ideas that have a positive impact. And second one was credible and progressive expert in career development. I probably would never say to someone the sentence, Mm. I want to be a credible and progressive expert in career (laughs) development. But that is what I want other people to say about me when I'm not in the room. I probably would own the ideas one a bit more because I'm, I love ideas. I feel it's a strength of mine. It's one of my values. And it's sort of, when I connect all of my dots together, ideas is always very present. So I probably would feel a bit more comfortable saying that one out loud. So I think the first thing you've got to get to is speaking up is being able to say it to yourself, which is what we've described so far. Then you do have to figure out what does speaking up look like for you? And that might be conversations with managers, conversations with mentors, with peers. That might be things like thinking about how you show up on social media. 
So I always do find it really interesting when I look at somebody's LinkedIn summary and LinkedIn recommendations. Can I spot what they're trying to build their reputation for in those places? And that might feel comfortable to you and, and it might not. I think there's no, you must do a certain tick box exercise to think about all the things that you need to do here. But the one thing that I do believe is true, which Helen always says and has always sort of showed up in my career, is that if you get really good at speaking what you seek, you will see what you say. You just need to find a way of doing this that works for you. I was thinking about practically how I've done this in the past. And I think it is often through using examples. So rather than saying a really concise, pithy statement, which I just feel like that's not my style ever. <laughs> Helen's very you good at that. You don't say. <laughs> Helen's very good at that, but that's not my... I don't automatically go to alliteration, which Helen's brain always does seem to. But I think what I have got good at is sharing my stories. So using stories and examples to bring to life those things I want to build my reputation for. So if I am meeting someone for the first time, if I am chatting to a mentor about something, I think I have got used to being able to say, oh, I have really enjoyed the opportunity to work in a new role, in a new team and create all these new ideas in this particular area and just almost talk with enthusiasm and passion about those things. And then by sort of saying those things out loud, people are like, oh, okay, well, that's obviously what she's good at. That's what makes her distinctive. And then I think you start to realise that the more you do that, the more that ripple effect, that reputation ripple that you described does happen. It's the accumulation of lots of behaviours and lots of saying it out loud over quite a long period of time. Maybe there's a difference between a speak-up statement, which is quite short and pithy and mm. sort of works for me, and a speak-up story, which yeah. might feel a bit more natural and authentic to maybe someone like you. The one thing I would say with the speak-up statements is this is a mixture of you having clarity about what that statement is and the confidence to talk about it. And I think it's useful to have what you've written down close at hand so that it feels familiar like it's on a post-it note in your book because you don't want to be remembering and reimagining it all the time I think you want that mm. clarity and so if it's in front of you if I had like Helen empowers and energizes people to be at their best then I think I would find more opportunities to talk about it if I didn't have to rethink it all the time as well so I think yeah write it down somewhere that you can see it and it will I think it just helps it to stay top of mind for you actually then it quite appeals to me ironically to get even more reductive because if I was just like right what's the words that I'm looking for, I would just think ideas and impact, progressive career. And I would think energise and empower. Yeah, yeah, it's really interesting to see where you go because I was rereading my statements then as you were talking and I was thinking, oh, if I'm just going to shortcut some of these, it would be careers, but definitely with like a word that was like progressive or innovative or we change or do things differently. The credible bit would be the bit that I would lose. Mm. So that's also quite interesting. Funnily enough, I can't do pithy statements, but then I really enjoy editing, <laughs> as Helen knows. So then I'm like, oh, what's the real shortcut? What's the one or two or three words that you are continually looking out for, for yourself, but also in terms of what other people are saying about you? So our last box, everybody, is the top right box. And this one is where actually you're in a really strong position. So you've got confidence and clarity in what you're kind of saying about what you want to be known for. So you're high on the say. And actually, you've got an awful lot of consistency and credibility in what you're doing. So this is a strong, you're building the reputation here that you want to be known for. But we just don't want you to stop there because you can probably have 
bigger ripples. You can probably go further with this and take your reputation to new places. But what you need to do is increase advocacy. So this isn't just you talking about what it is that you want to be known for and the impact that that has. You've got other people sharing this on your behalf because when they start talking about your reputation and the impact that you have, it will open doors that you might not be aware of or that you might not have access to. So this is how you can go further and faster with your reputation in your career. So the question here to help you increase advocacy is who would be your dream advocate? It's such a good question. Isn't it? Who would be your dream advocate? I already know the answer to mine. Do you really? Yeah. Who would be my dream advocate? So who do I want to really talk up what I want to be known for about empowering and energising people? Probably like an amazing leader. So someone like Satya Nadella, who's like, growth mindset is amazing in Microsoft. And here's a great example of somebody who's empowering and energising people with growth mindset. I mean... That would be a massive ripple. What, who's yours? Oh, I just. But again, I think we just talk about people that we want on the podcast, just to see if it, just to see if it helps us. Um, that's what we end up doing. I was thinking, in terms of progressive careers, Adam Grant. If he was saying, I noticed that he said about Oliver Burtman's book, which we've had Oliver on the podcast, Four Thousand Weeks, brilliant book, and Oliver's great. Adam said about Oliver, he is like, it's like the go-to book on time. It's the only book you sort of need to read on time and time management. And I was like, oh, imagine if he said about us. I yeah. think I, I get to collective reputation at this point. And they're like, they are the progressive people when it comes to careers. I'm like, oh, amazing. Yes, <laughs> okay. If anyone knows Adam Grant or Sachin Adela, and can just arrange that for us. <laughs> or if you just start saying that to them and then just hope, hope that they then start saying it out loud, that'd be great. But it is, and again, I think it's quite vulnerable for Sarah and I to say it out loud. You don't have to say no. that to other people, but you do have to know that for yourself. And then the point here with advocacy is that you don't really go to these people and say, can you please, please. go and say amazing <laughs> things about me? You have to really think about, well, how can you build a relationship with that person. And, you know, we've gone to some very big famous people because we admire those, but this could be somebody in your organisation and you want to get closer to that person. When we had Sylvia and Hewlett on the podcast talking about sponsorship, which is really, you know, this is a sponsor who's advocating for you and your reputation. What she talked about is that the way to get a sponsor is first of all, spot somebody. So not everybody has these advocacy and sponsorship behaviours, but you can spot them because they'll probably be saying good things about other people. Like, for example, Sarah said she spotted that Adam Grant is saying this book is the go to on time. So obviously has an inclination to shine a spotlight on other people's work. And that's what you kind of need to spot to begin with. And then you need to think about, well, how could I help that person? Before you kind of go, how could they help me? <laughs> think about what is something they're working on, or something they're passionate about, perhaps a problem that you're seeing that they're encountering, and think about how you can help them. Because the research around this shows that givers get more. And when you start with what you've got to give to somebody, it's more likely that they will help you and your career and your reputation go further in the future. Do you know who did that research? Adam yes, Grant. <laughs> the givers get more research. Like, we're like totally full circling on Adam Grant today. Also, I feel like now he can't ever come on the podcast. I feel like we've Can gone too far by saying we really want on the podcast. He sort of turned us down quite a few times. And now I'm just thinking... Turned he... us down very nicely. Oh, yeah, every, every time very <laughs> every nicely. Time nicely. But you just feel like he could never now live up to the expectation <laughs> that I've created in my mind about how good he would be. Oh. Well, but I would say follow him on Instagram or Twitter or wherever you like like to hang out because his single pithy statements are gems they are everyone they really are you just read it and you're like yes how are you able to be so he consolidates and 
creates these concise summaries of just really often quite complicated ideas. Do you know what would be interesting? Is that what he wants to be known for? It would be. (laughs) Oh my God, he could come on the podcast and we could be like, Adam, what what do you want people to be saying about you when you're not in the room? And then we could be like, and this is what we say about you all of the time. Some... A couple of people sitting in the UK you've probably never heard of. Should we do some <laughs> reputation coaching with Adam Grant? That is an episode that would be good to listen to. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, everybody, we've we got to start at that point. <laughs> so it, hopefully now you've got some ideas for action to support you with building your reputation. As we started out saying, it's not always easy to get your head around a matrix on a podcast. So I definitely would recommend that you download the pod sheet and work it through um, so that you can plot yourself, you can understand whether other people might plot you, and then you can take the action that's going to help you most right now. So we really hope this has been a useful episode. There actually aren't loads of books or articles about this as a topic. So we've taken inspiration from one of my old bosses, Alex Cole, who got a voice message from me saying, I think when we think about reputation for companies, it probably then applies to people. What do you think? And here are some thoughts. And very grateful to Alex, who then came back to me with lots of, well, here are three things to think about. And here's a voice message. So thank you to Alex for doing that for us. Because I do think there are lots of parallels between reputation as a team, reputation as an organisation, and then thinking about, you know, what does that mean for you in your career? So if you do see anything and you're reading about reputation generally, and I actually listened to a few podcasts before this on just reputation as an organisation, often you can then think, oh, what would that mean to me in terms of the work that I do and where my career could take me? And I would just encourage everybody to not think of this as something that you'll get to a point where you're done or to worry too much about where you are right now I think the main principle here is that you want to actively 100% manage your reputation you want to think about what do I want it to be you want to know is where I am what other people think and then you want to be taking continual actions if I think about the career one now it did really make me reflect I was thinking I think we have been building our reputation around careers since probably 2012. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, it's taken so a while. And we've had to reshape that reputation quite a lot from kind of marketing. Yeah, which is not, I can't work out whether that's liberating for people to hear or demotivating because it does take a long time. But I do think over time you see, you know, almost like you're making those kind of small pivots as you go and you see that you are making progress. But don't worry if, A, you don't know the answers today. I don't think I would have known the answer to this for a fair few years in my career. And also I think I had a, I was trying to build a different reputation for quite a few years and then definitely reshape that in a new direction. So no right answer, but the main thing is think, where am I today? Where do I want to be? And what actions am I going to take? So hope you have enjoyed listening today. Do let us know what you think. Do let us know how you found <laughs> the, the matrix. matrix make sense? Because you... we took ages trying to get that matrix to make sense. <laughs> Do you want more matrices? <laughs> no, the answer to that is no. <laughs> Sarah might say no, but if you do, then this is a podcast <laughs> for you and we will try to. You can always email us at any time. We love to hear from you. It's just Helen and Sarah at squigglycareers.com. And if you do like today's episode, please do rate, review and subscribe. It helps us to help more people with their squiggly careers. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with you again soon. Bye for now. Bye. Bye, everyone. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm-hmm. 